Welcome to the Beyond Belief podcast. We're glad you decided to listen to us today. We have designed this podcast to have a practical conversation about Christianity. Our goal is to make this show relatable, realistic, and relative. We will bring you the gospel of Jesus Christ so you can apply it practically to your life. We hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to the Beyond Belief Podcast. This is your host, Bill. I'm joined with Alan. Buddy, what's happening? Hey, man. It's good. <laughs> Dude. Dude. Uh, oh, man. I'm stressing. But nah, it's all good. Uh, I'm taking this class online, and it is just like... <laughs> all right. It's kicking me. I'm not used to the academia thing. Yeah. So 8.30 at night when this class kicks off, it's uh, that's the end of my day. I'm in bed by 9 o'clock. Right. So yeah. uh, anyway, so... Today we have a guest, uh, Melissa. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm great. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, we're glad you're here. I know it takes some work. I mean, between your family and uh, us two knuckleheads, <laughs> it takes a while. But uh, I wanted you to, I, I almost started to do the introduction. We just talked before we hit record that I wasn't going to do that. So I was like, all right, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and then we'll just, we'll just let it fly. We'll see where it starts. Sure. Sounds good. Um, well, I've been uh, married for 20 years. I have two kids, one in middle school and a toddler. So I'm really living through, you know, two different um, ends of the spectrum and oh, raising yeah. kids. Um, we're a military family. And um, I actually came to know, to really know Christ and develop a relationship with him um, about a quarter into my marriage. Um, it's interesting because you know, when I was young, I had, I was, I had a brief stint in private school and that's where I first learned about the Lord. And I will tell you that it put fear into me and also a world of curiosity. And I said the sinner's prayer, but like I said, it was a short stint and then leaving that church or that school, excuse me, I never, um, I had no guidance. I didn't know what a personal relationship with Jesus was. So I sort of spent many years just, you know, fearing the Lord, but not more, more or less fearing him because I was afraid of condemnation. I saw him as, you know, a genie in a bottle almost. Like I would pray, like, give me this, give me this, give me this. I didn't understand how this relationship with the Lord worked. So. You know, um, a quarter into my marriage, we had some, we, we sort of hit rock bottom and that was the turning point. You know, we sort of gave our lives over to the Lord because it was like, we're making a mess of life of ourselves, of our marriage. Right. Had and, to turn um, somewhere. we had to turn somewhere and I had a, a friend say, you know, Melissa, you need Jesus. Like, this is the time, you know, he can fix things. And, and it's been an interesting road since then. Um, so can I ask you something real quick? So when you, you say the, the sinner's prayer, was that your, was that your turning to God for your salvation? Yes. Okay. Well, it was, yes, that was what I understood it to be. Absolutely. Right. Okay. Cause a lot, Um, cause a lot of people, I think they don't. They don't really see. I was like you. I went to I went to a Christian school when I was growing up, 
but then I, and I veered way off track and I, and I really didn't, I know at some point when I was eight, uh, you know, I went up, got baptized, turned my life to Christ, but I didn't understand it. Like right. I really, I was too young. I didn't get what all of it meant. And, and it was obvious because I lived 40 something years away from Christ. And I just right. wasn't sure. A lot of times people will be convinced, not convicted of their salvation. Mm, right. Right. So, oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Okay. So sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but that's how we roll. <laughs> we'll, yeah, no, we'll no, no. bust in with a bunch of questions. All right. Oh, that sounds good. I mean, you know, it is interesting. And I mean, even you just saying that it makes me think of my son because he was actually baptized at eight, you know, and I don't know what it was like when you did it, but when, when, when he made this decision, you know, he had a lot of, um, you know, prep work, if you will, yeah. prior to this decision, like, why do you want to be baptized? Write it out. What do you believe? Why do you believe that? You know, is this something that you believe or something that your parents are telling you to believe? Like right. it was pretty thorough and, but the same thing, you know, I mean, I was baptized by my own decision at 13. My parents weren't even there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, because I did, I did feel the call of the Holy spirit. Like I felt the pull, you know, towards the Lord, but I just never had, I was a kid and I never had the direction. I didn't grow up in the church. My parents were not believers. So I didn't have anybody mentoring me, guiding me. I wasn't reading the Bible, you know? So I think that all of that, especially at a young age, you know, if you're not doing it, I mean, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. That's the truth. Yeah. Well, I think at a young age too, like your son, my son's 11. He could sit here with Alan and I, and he could tell you why he believes what he believes, not mm-hmm. just what he believes, but why he believes it. And I think right. that's the understanding part that a lot of people lack. They don't understand why they believe it. And that right. was, I told Alan, man, when I, when I turned my life over to Christ, I, and I was on my knees, like when I turned my life to Christ, I, I didn't understand all of it, but I knew I was at, you know, obviously at 49, I had an age of accountability and age of understanding. I knew what it was. I just neglected it all my life. So when I turned to him, there were things I didn't understand, but I knew I believed on Jesus Christ and I believed, I believed he could change my life. Uh-huh. Sometimes at a younger age, like you said, we're not, we, we don't we don't help somebody along. Well, I think even not even at a younger age, always, I think older people, they go to church and they, the, the preacher is so good and versed at making people at convincing people that they need. It's not Jesus. Yeah. Right. And they, they're, it's just checking another box. Yeah. You know, Oh, okay. Well, I'm baptized. Okay. I need to come to church. There we go. And there's boxes. They, they check but they never have that true experience because no one has led them. Like Melissa said, you know, she didn't have the guidance, but there are people in their forties, you know, you go to a church. Mm-hmm. Well, any age, um, we you, saw a 70 year old that, yeah. Uh, you know, it, well, yes, sure. He, he questioned his salvation and then we've seen people and I'm sure you've heard of this, Melissa, they, they rededicate yeah. their relationship right? right. because, right. Because that, to me, rededication means that you're not really sure, but you believe more so that you were saved. You just wandered away for a while. 
Right. 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 Like it's just this temporary. Which there's nothing little... wrong with that because no. it is it is instructed in the Bible. But when you when when the when you question your salvation because a preacher has put that doubt in your mind, yeah, you know, it's time to really evaluate. You know where you're at. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So literally. Yeah, I think that's what kind of happened. Well, what happened with me as an adult, I said, okay, Lord, I'm coming back to you. I believe I received my salvation when I was 13, but I turned away from you. And now I'm ready to do life with you. Like I'm ready for you to live inside of me and lead me unto righteousness. Like that was my turning point. So I sort of did that where I rededicated, you know, it was like, I've been, I've been lost. Now I'm back. I need you. I'm ready. I'm willing. Um, yeah, sorry, I didn't get the I didn't get the memo earlier about how I should be behaving. Right. <laughs> well, actually, I heard something great on the radio the other day, and it was um, the guy was talking about God used an anvil to break him. Yeah. You know, and right. that's what happens to a lot of yeah. us. We we have to be broken before we seek answers. So. Right. Yep. Anyway, Melissa, I'm yeah. sorry. We, we, we this is what we do. Track. So it gets a no, little crazy. It's, 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 I'm good with that. Okay. And, but, and, you know, um, <clears throat> I feel like when I came, even when I, so, you know, as an adult, when I came back to the Lord, I spent a lot of time just trying to learn his word because in the beginning, I mean, it's like a foreign language. You don't, you're reading and you don't understand anything you just read. And it's yeah, like, right. yeah. what does this mean? Like, is it, you know, is there hope for me? Like, I'm so confused. But so overwhelming. Through the years, what I've learned about myself um, and was actually just revealed to me this morning as I was just sort of, you know, sitting in prayer is that, you know, an example, anxiety. I've had anxiety since I, as early as I can remember as a young girl. Um, and for years I would pray, God, take away my anxiety. Like, why aren't you taking it away? You know, again, seeing God as this genie in a bottle, if you will, like, why aren't you just snapping your fingers and getting rid of the anxiety? You're God, you're capable of that. And what it taught me, what I learned is that like, it was a matter of my faith. Like, is is your faith in your fear, worry, or anxiety, or is your faith in me? And what does that look like? And once I really started to develop this faith in the Lord over my fears, that's when the anxiety started to decrease in my life. Yeah. Like, amen. it's it's an active part. It, yeah. You know, our faith <laughs> is active. It's it does something. <laughs> we just and, talked about um, this this morning, Alan and I, you yeah. have to actively have faith. It just doesn't come yeah. passively naturally. And it is actually so refreshing to hear you say that because you're absolutely right. There's so many people that use God as a genie and they don't, if they don't they self-examine themselves. Yeah, yeah. And they don't self-examine themselves or pursue it. And they're like, why isn't this happening? Well, it's not happening because you're not looking to God to be like, yeah, it's like, yeah. right. It's like, what are you not doing? Yes. You know, because I think, you know, God, I mean, it's like in our faith, we unlock, we unlock that power of the Holy spirit in our faith. Yeah. You know, just like the little boy who can move a mountain, he, he unlocked that power in his faith. And I mean, it's taken me up until 
a year or two to realize that. So, oh yeah, this isn't like you know, hey God, I need more process. faith, and tomorrow you're like, oh, I'm good. Yeah. yeah. Right. I didn't right. understand the Holy Spirit. I think I told you that before. And I definitely have told Alan, I, mm-hmm. I struggled with that. Like I wasn't very, I didn't know what it meant. Like yeah. I thought my conscience of saying, Hey, don't do that. Or you're going to get in trouble was my right. conscience. But after salvation, that was the Holy Spirit. And I wasn't sure what to do with that. Yeah. And well, it was so, it was so confusing for me. Well, Melissa said it best, you know, what we don't know what we don't know. And yeah. unfortunately, yeah. There's not enough churches that have people in them that have yeah, discipling to yeah. help people know what they don't know. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's the thing. It's interesting um, that my husband and I, you know, we were not raised by believers. So here we are trying to figure it out. And once, <laughs> yeah. you, once you have a child in middle school, it's like oh, everything's geez. kicked into high gear. Right. You know, it's like, right. okay, we need to get moving. Um, but I just told my son yesterday, you know, because he, I want him more than anything to understand. And that's my biggest prayer is Lord, let him understand your small, still voice. Like let him know you and hear you because ultimately, you know, my son is only, he, you know, all of us, what made us change? Not somebody else. It's God who changed us, you know, like, Yeah. And I know that my son has to have that own conviction and desire. Yeah, he, I can't have it for him. Right. It can't be because you want it. I mean, that can exactly. help encourage them, but right. it doesn't, it doesn't do it on its own. You know, you know that, and that, he, Oh, go ahead. Good. Ahead. Well, I was just going to say that, you know, last night, you know, he's like, well, I'm not as bad as kids at my school. And I said, you know, I tried to explain to him, son, you are growing up in a culture that calls good, evil and evil. Good. Yeah. I said, if your standard is what your friends at school are doing, well, of course you're going to feel like I'm not as bad as, but you need to have the mentality of like, what are the Lord standards for my life? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'm holding myself accountable to God, not well, I'm not as bad as my friends, you know? Absolutely. Well, it's a justification. When you, when you start to lower or justify your standards, then you've already taken your eyes off of God. Yeah. Uh, Mm -hmm. And well, well, and my reason, the reason I say that is, and we had this discussion today too, uh, (laughs) faith, our faith in God is very important. If we lack faith, then we start to turn to ourselves to be the moderator of what's good and bad. Yeah. And and we can't do that because it's ever changing. You know, one day this isn't so bad the next day. Well, it was just a little lie or the next day. Well, I didn't tell him I took it. And we start to evaluate and be the moderator of what's good and bad. And geez, I don't want to be that because Mm -hmm. I already know what I did with that before. Yeah. Uh, But faith, faith prevents that. If you have true faith in God, you put your faith in his will for your life. It takes you out of the equation and the obedience right. comes a lot easier. Yes, it does. When right. You're, because when you have faith and you are obedient, well here, when you're, when you have the faith, you will be obedient because you know, God is not going to drop you. You're not going to fail um, in that when yeah. God is at the head of that, 
whatever the problem may be or the situation. Right. right. Yeah. Or it may not be any problems as right. long as you keep fixed on God. What's well, that situation? Exactly. Yeah, sure. But I'm saying it, it problem or not, it could be just yeah. normal life going through, yeah. you know, cooking dinner. Yeah. Your faith has to still remain the same. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You, know, ha- you have to be faithful to God. Everything yeah. else will work itself out. Right. As long as you're obedient. <laughs> yeah. As long as you're obedient. Right. And that's faith. Right. Anyway, sorry. We hijacked you again. <laughs> We just took off. Melissa's saying uh, so many things that are like triggering us. Right. Yeah. Usually you Absolutely. write these things down and I'm like, oh, come on. I Alan. know. So, uh, all right. So anyways, is, so does your, is your husband in the same, uh, I don't want you to really speak for him, but I think you can, you're his wife. Uh, is it the same walk with you? Uh, is it different? Is it, uh, and I'll break the iceberg. My walk, my wife's walk is different than mine. It's not Mm -hmm. as intense as mine is. And that's not bad. She's walking. Uh, It just isn't, doesn't look the same. Yeah. I would, I would agree that me and my husband's walk looks different. Okay. And I think, you know, no two walks. I don't know if it's because he's male and I'm female. You know, we were created differently. We think differently. Um, Yeah. That's a good point. But he, you know, it's interesting because me, like, I have to be in the word. I have to be talking about the Lord. Like, I yeah. have to, I have to almost, you know, be listening to a sermon on my headphones or a podcast. Like, I constantly have to have this, yeah, this conversation, this topic active in my life. Whereas my husband doesn't, and it's really interesting because everywhere he goes, he's having a conversation about the Lord, like. You know, just so naturally and like having a conversation about salvation with this person, about death with this, like, it's just everywhere. And I'm like, that's awesome. It's so different for me. You know, like I have to almost, you know, it almost sounds like Alan find it. Yeah, it sounds yeah. like it's like Bill and I. I I've actually never met a stranger. I talk to everyone, whatever. Um, I have to constantly put God in front of me. Seriously, I know mm-hmm. me. I know how I lived. Uh, and now I'm breaking habits by creating new ones in, in God. Like I have to listen to things. I have to read. I don't listen to worldly music anymore. I don't, you know, I, I I limit what I see on TV. Like there, Mm -hmm. I have a lot of, uh, mechanics in place because I know who I am and I know in order to be obedient and stay faithful to God, I have to put him in front of me. And that, mm-hmm. and I'm not at a point in my life where I can just be like willy nilly, like, yeah, okay, whatever. I'm going to start listening to Metallica. Like okay, I right. can't, that's just not my, it's not, I'm never going to go back to that. It just can't right. be something I put in my life. It yeah, sounds like we're very similar. And I also deal with anxiety too. So I know yeah. that God can bring comfort there. I just, I, I see, I, I think the dynamic is so, it's so interesting. And now that I see it sort of playing out in my life, like, you know, and raising boys, it's like my husband was once a boy. So he kind of understands them better than I do where I'm more emotional. Like he would never do that. He's my baby. Wait, what do you mean? Like I find this <laughs> He's sort of naive in some areas, you know, I can be naive and it's like, he just sees right through everything. So yeah. I appreciate, you know, sort of how God created each of us. And, and it boils down to like, you know, we do have different God-given roles, you know, in marriage. And um, I really am starting to see them 
play out more than ever before, you know, in the season that we're in right now, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. If the Bible, if in, and gosh, this is not about me, but I'm going to, I'm just going to talk anyways. In the, when my whole thing unfolded and I turned my life to Christ, I, my wife and I struggled tremendously, tremendously. Like, I mean, I'm not talking about the, the thing that turned me to Christ. I'm talking about just after that, because I was trying to, I was trying to turn my life to God in everything. And it was very overwhelming. And I was constantly to her, you need to be in your Bible. We need to watch the sermon. You need to, like, I was trying to get her to line up with me and it, and it wasn't going to work. Like, she was just like, this is not, this is not me. Like, mm-hmm. so I told her, I said, listen, and when it, when it crumbled at that point, I said, I have to put God first. And what I was doing was trying to put her with me and make us first. So right. I, was, I was like, listen, I have to put God first. If that means you, if something happens here with us and I'm, I just have to give God everything. And, and that saved us. Like that truly did mm-hmm. save us. If my wife was like me, Oh my gosh, we would, there's just no way we'd make it. Like if we were both this on fire and just crazy. And I mean, yes, we would make it, but it wouldn't, we wouldn't get along. Like it's, it's because I can go to her and have a Christ centered conversation and she can, and she can tell me to dial it back a little bit that we actually exist. Right. Like it's not, it's not super uber fanatical. It's a, it's a relationship that works like Alan and I, here's my point. I, I, I do this all the time. <laughs> Here's my point. Alan and I have this in-depth Christ-centered relationship. We talk about Christ all the time. And it's and I'm not kidding you. It's all the time. It has relieved me listening to sermons 24 hours a day or mm-hmm. watching sermons or, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think that's a very important part of a Christian's walk is to have somebody that is Christ centered that they can have these conversations with that perpetuates their growth. Absolutely. And that's what, you know, I try to focus on that. Like we need people who influence us, inspire us, challenge us to seek God, you know, and like, and, and like, you do have to have these conversations and like, I, I say challenging because, I need to be challenged. Like if my best friend is going to say, well, like challenge me so that I can grow, you know, don't. Right. Well, you know, Bill and I always say iron sharpeneth iron and you need, you need somebody. And Bill and I have grown tremendously in the last eight months from it started with, with a conversation in his garage. And then we actually don't talk about very, we talk about very little outside of Christ. I don't even know what his hobbies are. Yeah. I mean, seriously, I have no idea what his hobbies are. But every time we got together, it was, we were having a Christ center talk because we were lacking that in other areas of our life or other uh, people we hung around. We couldn't have those Christ center talks. So so we gravitated toward each other and it's just helped us grow tremendously. So important, man. We actually, uh, we, we hold ourselves more accountable, not only hold each other accountable, but ourselves because we want to be, uh, knowledgeable enough to have a Christ in her talk. Well, you have right. to put the, you have to put the blade to the stone. Yeah. Right. You can't just keep putting it on wood. It's not going to sharpen itself. Yeah. Uh, right. If, could you see, you've been married 20 years. You said about quarter way through is when things started to turn to God. Did you see at, let's say year two of your marriage, 
how many Christ-centered conversations were you having with your husband? None. Yeah. None. Right. You can, you can, and I know, I mean, I'm answering my own questions, but, and so after that quarter of the beginning, things changed probably for the better in your marriage because of the, of it being centered around Christ. Absolutely. Yeah. Because now, now the Lord was addressing things in me that I was having to deal with and separately doing that in him. Yeah. And that's when we begin to heal. And that's when we began to address ways that were stumbling our lives. And ultimately you come together, you know, but like even it's interesting because, you know, for, for, for quite some time, you know, you, you, you tend to have expectations on people, which, you know, isn't a good thing because expectations on people, you know, maybe sometimes you're let down, but I would have these expectations on what my husband should be doing as the head of the home. And it wasn't until, you know, the Lord showed me like, kind of like you said, this, you need to worry about your relationship with me. And that's, that's your role, Melissa. Like it's me and you stop worrying about what your husband is or isn't doing. And when I did that, you know, my husband sort of, um, I could see what the Lord was doing. Like, I, it was like I was so blinded by expectations that I had. And then once I removed them and, and had that prompting from God, like, you need to back off. Um, I was really able to see what the Lord was doing in my husband and how it was pouring into our family. And like, I see a lot of relationships nowadays, a lot of marriages that are you know, having trouble because of this very reason. Well, like, it's a I'm distraction. Having, yeah. It is. It is a distraction. You, it absolutely you, is. You actually were, and I don't mean this in a, in a derogatory way, you were a distraction for your husband and God was right. If you'd yeah. put your eyes on him, you'd allow your husband to stop worrying about what you were bringing to him and he right. could put his eyes on God. Absolutely. Right. And that happened. And that's what I was saying earlier. We were talking earlier about distractions, you know, about we, we get so consumed by the political stuff and we get so consumed about this problem and Afghanistan and all these yeah. things. Yeah, man. But Melissa hit it right on the head. Um, you know, our responsibility is to have our relationship in tune with God. That's right. And all this other stuff, if everyone was focused on their relationship with God, all these other things mm-hmm. would take, you know, care of themselves. I mean, yeah. that sounds kind of trite, but. Mm-hmm. Well, the Lord says, you know, what's this, you know, verse that I, I've always loved, but to abide in him that he, you know, that he is the vine and we are the branches. And it's like, yeah. wow, yeah. if you just do that, like really, really do that. I mean, I see how, how not doing that has stumbled me for years in ministry because when I had that conversion, like, okay, Lord, I'm coming back to you. We were thoroughly involved in the church and like, um, you know, my husband's a youth mentor and everything like that in the church. And like he, I had some, some women's ministry opportunities, if you will. I was put into positions to, to speak and I always got in my own way. I mean, isn't that true? I see it happening with my 12 year old. Like he's, 
he's his own stumbling block. Like he's his own roadblock. And, and I found that I was like, God, you know, your word says that, um, the Holy spirit will come to you and tell you what to say. Why aren't you doing that? And it's because I was in the way. It was always like this performance. Okay. I have to talk about how much I know. I have to impress (laughs) these people, right? right? Like I have to perform. I have to get likes, if you will. And it's like, Melissa, like, what are you doing? This isn't about you. Right. No, it's about the kingdom. (laughs) Abide in the Lord. And that, that's the key. Like, that's where, I mean, I was the roadblock. And I needed to step back and live in him and abide in him. And that's where, you know, the goodness flows is what I found. Absolutely. My favorite verse is Matthew six thirty three: um, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. And mm-hmm. if you, if you do that, um, it's not just the financial stuff and the things that you have need for. It's everything. It's the Holy Spirit leading you and guiding you when you seek that. And it's just so that was such a comfort to me because it took all the burden that I was carrying around and all the things like I have to be perfect or I have to line up myself. If I just seek God, all that stuff's going to fall in place. I think people... And I don't, and I'm not being presumptuous because this, this is me. I can totally see me. I think people think, well, you know, having faith, you're, you're just ignoring all the problems. You don't want to, you don't want to, you want to pretend they don't exist. You don't want, and I don't think that's it. I think very faithful people can, that might be what God is using them for in certain instances. If they're listening to God and they've been put in that presence of whatever, uh, issues going on, then then they're being used of God. But when they take the glory away from God by turning it back to themselves, uh, I lived a very prideful life prior to me <laughs> coming to my knees, being kicked in the stomach. I I lived a very prideful life. I was, you know, I I was my most important thing. Uh, I didn't make God that, and that can really. Today, I have to really, I have to adjust that. I have to think about, I have to really put that at the front of my mind and think about, uh, you know, I'm not, I can't look at myself. I have to look to God because every time we Mm -hmm. look to ourselves, we are distracting ourselves from, I have wants and desires, things that, you know, that are, that are selfish that I want to go do or, or want to do something. I'm like, that's really not important anymore. Like it's not. Mm -hmm. Uh, bringing glory to the kingdom to me is the most important thing. I was saved by God's mercy and grace. It is the most important thing to me. I'm the most, I will, I will be this passionate until I lose my mind or I die because it is the most important thing to bring glory to God because Mm -hmm. we were saved by his mercy and his grace. There's no, Mm -hmm. there's no, I mean, there's nothing. I mean, how, how lucky, not lucky, how, how, great is it that we have that Uh, there's people who won't even experience it and it's interesting you said um some people think that our faith is to like just avoid or cover up issues or what did you say in the beginning of that yeah it's to pretend like they don't exist but when in reality like i mean my faith actually has me dealing with these issues you know what i mean like wrestling with them it's not you know, ignoring them at all or putting a, a bandaid over it. It's like, 
you need to deal with this because the, the battle is real. And it's in my life, it's moment by moment yeah, <laughs> in my household. Like, yeah. I mean, from the minute I get out of bed, I'm battling between the flesh and the spirit, yeah. like having, yeah. you know, an ungrateful heart because I'm too tired to get up. You know, when meanwhile, what is the spirit saying? This is the day the Lord has made. Yeah, that's right. Rejoice and be glad in it. I might not have tomorrow value this time. You might not accept the next five minutes, right? Yeah. So it's literally, you know, it's a constant. um, Well, we shouldn't live in fear. We should live in faith. And that doesn't, and and that doesn't mean our faith is bigger than our fear or some of these catchphrases, right? It's not, Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that it just means, and it, and it's not, I'm fearful. I'm fearful Mm -hmm. of the Lord. Like, I don't want to go Mm -hmm. out and be chastened you know, because I can't make the right decisions to stay in his will, Yeah, you know, and that's, and those are important. I, I get up every day, man. I'm like, man, where am I, where am I going to fall down today? Right. Uh, Cause I know. Right. Go ahead, Alan. So you're, you're chomping. Yeah, I'm chomping a bit. So actually Matthew six twenty seven, uh, which of you by, by taking thought can add one cubit to, unto his stature. So nah. it's not hiding. Nah. It's not, it's not acting like the problems don't exist. It's the realization. What problems do you need to be focused on and work toward and not just worry about them? And what problems can you not change? And there's no need to worry about them anyway. Truth. Yeah. We're called to rejoice in tribulation. Right. right? To find joy. Yep. And and Um, when we look to those problems and find joy, we're not ignoring. Nope. Right. And that's the thing too, you know, having anxiety for so long, it's like you spend, you're wasting essentially so much time. (laughs) Right. Worrying, worrying about something that, Hey, it didn't even happen after the fact. It never even happened. And I spent yeah. days with my thoughts completely consumed in the state of anxiety. Oh, it's horrible, man. Or nothing. And, and my husband would tell me that all the time. Like I used to have a, a, a irrational fear of flying. Um, and I'd be sick for weeks prior to the flight. I mean, I would be in the seat, any little bump, I would start crying. Like it was just, Oh, my wife's horrible. laughing right now. If she's, if she could hear this right now, she'd be laughing. <laughs> I, I will not get near a plane. I, I drive past the airport, like around it, like way far away. <laughs> I see a plane. I go back inside. <laughs> oh, yeah. gosh. And then we'd land and he'd be like, was the past two weeks, was any of that torture that you did to yourself, was any of it worth it? And it was like, Oh, Right. I guess not. <laughs> so that's and, actually, I'm sorry. No, no, you're fine. Um, well, I was just going to say, you know, that's the amazing thing about walking with Jesus and being 50 years old. All the things that I did worry about didn't happen. And I don't worry about a lot of things anymore. Um, and another thing is, you know, like I said, walking with Jesus, you realize it doesn't matter anyway. He's got, he's got you. You, you know, my thing is either I'm going to walk here with Jesus or I'm going to walk there with Jesus. I don't really care either. It was either so, way. it was so bad for me, man. And Alan knows this story, but it was so bad for me. I was taking anxiety medicine and then having to take sleep medicine because the anxiety medicine would <laughs> keep me up at night. I'd have to take, it was so bad. I told him one day, I said, man, I got to stop. Yeah. Like I, because I was, my faith, it wasn't in, it wasn't in medication. 
It wasn't a medication. It was in me thinking I could manage it through medication. Right. And, right. and once I, once I sat there one day and had this epiphany, right, I was sitting down and I was like, I was like, man, like I'm sitting here, I'm talking on a podcast about people putting their faith in Christ and I'm not, I don't have faith. Like I'm the one that is sitting here right. having faith that I'm able to control my anxiety when in fact, I just need to give it to God. And it's not a literal mm-hmm. giving. It's a, it's a, your faith pulls that away from you. Yeah. And right. I'm not, and I had no, my wife was like, you sure you don't need to take your sleeping pill tonight? And I'm like, geez, <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm like, no, I actually, I told her this morning, she's like, how'd you sleep last night? I said, man, I tossed and turned. I was up. She's like, she's like your anxiety. And I said, nah, I said, I wasn't worried about nothing. Right. I just was on fire to get to do something. Like I had thoughts in my mind about writing and doing stuff. And I was like, I just had to get up. Uh, so it's not the same anymore. Like it used to be, it was crippling to me, crippling. Mm-hmm. I couldn't yeah. go in public. It was that bad. Mm-hmm. Well, I, you know, mine was induced by many a thing, but what, what really helped me, I think was in the beginning of COVID we lived in Massachusetts at the time and it was very much so like if I walk out of my house and I see a neighbor, I'm going to have COVID. Like that's how, you know, the media was like explaining it. Like you have to stay home, you know, Yeah. I would go to the grocery store and I was terrified. I would come home, take my clothes off in the garage (laughs) before I went inside. Like it was, and then it's the interesting everything. thing. And I said, God, I- I'm done. I can't live like this. Like this cannot be what you want for me, <laughs> right. you know? And, yeah. um, I came to the conclusion, like, what's the worst case scenario in your anxiety? Well, it's dying and leaving my family behind, you know, but to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And, you know, from what I hear, I mean, I don't know what heaven's going to be like, but, I'm not going to miss earth. I'm not going to miss my life here when I'm with the Lord. I'm going to be in an immeasurable amount of peace that I can't even fathom. Right. So I'm like, so like, okay, if if the worst case is death, death is actually better than life here. So (laughs) I don't know, maybe it sounds crazy, but that was kind of the epiphany I had to like, finally say release control and set my anxiety aside. I'm on board with you. I agree. It's not crazy at all. No, I think once your faith grows, I know for me, maybe it was the same for you. Once my faith became stronger, I realized how much I didn't need a crutch uh, in something else just because of my faith. And I, because I put more trust in God because I spent more time with God uh, if I didn't spend the time with him and, and, and build this relationship, yeah, I still would have had that anxiety. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's hard. It's hard. I see it. Well, I saw it, uh, in church, I could see people talking about the current events, the political temperature, the, I could see it and it, and it, and it bothered me because I was like, where's their faith? Like, where's their faith? Why do we have to manipulate and skew and turn and convince there doesn't need to be any of that. All we need to do is fix our eyes on God. Like yeah. that's all we need to do. I have to remind myself of that. I'm not perfect. I have to do it all the time. I hit myself with a hammer and I'm like, you know, I'm breaking stuff and then taking the hammer and trying to kill it. And 
you know, and I have to sit there and say, okay, this isn't the way I should respond. We stumble all the time and it's because we lack faith. Uh, if we had stronger faith or we turned to our faith, then we would stumble less. Right. Right. Yeah. That's my two cents. No, it's true. And, and, you know, when I see a lot of new believers, I mean, Hey, I struggle, I struggle every day. You know what I mean? But when I see that, that gap in new believers, it breaks my heart because, you know, they, they don't know. It's a process. Sanctification growing in our faith. It's a process. It's not something that happens immediately upon receiving the Lord. It's just not. And a lot you know, of places stop at salvation. Yeah. I hate to say it. A lot of, a lot of easy believerism is let's get you to want you put your faith and trust in the Lord. And then after that, it's all right, show up. Yeah. Pat, just pat him on the back and good luck. See yeah. You, you made it. And then there's nothing past that discipleship programs wean off. Uh, you know, they don't, nothing changes. I mean, you, you hit it right on the head. The pro, it's a process. You don't give up. You don't stop. You don't discontinue. Like mm-hmm. sanctification means now you're a, I mean, here I get on my soapbox. <laughs> you're a child of God. Like you, mm-hmm. you're here temporarily, but you're a citizen of heaven. Now mm-hmm. you have to act like that. You have responsibilities to the kingdom and, right. and people just, man, they, you know, they, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm saved and I'm going to continue to go out and, and do this or do that or well, and that's where, you know, a, a lot of people, at least on social media, I see this a lot where it's like, you can't say the word works, you know, because <laughs> no works has nothing to do with your salvation. Okay. Right. No, it doesn't. It it's absolutely has nothing to do with salvation. However, just like I tell my child, listen, I know what's best for you because I'm wiser than you. You, you know, this yeah. is how you ought to live your life. That's what God is doing with us as our heavenly father. He's doing the same thing. And that produces works of different kinds. It's turning away from sin. I mean, there's plenty of scripture where he has instructed us to do certain things. That's right. So works is a huge factor of, of living, you know, a saved life. We don't work for our salvation. We work because of our salvation. Exactly. Yes. There you go. And as soon as, I mean, as soon as you turn your life to Christ, right. As soon as you turn your life and accept uh, Christ as your savior and you're indwelled with the Holy spirit, you, you belong to God. Like you, and I think people, well, I, I know because I did this, they want both. They want the world and they want heaven. Heaven will come later. I'm in the world now. So as long as I'm going to heaven, I can just live here in the world and do whatever I want. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And the coolest thing ever is that, yes, I have the security of eternal life, but God with God and submitting to his will can, can make the rest of my life here on earth so much more incredible for his glory. And like, that's kind of the funnest part of it. Right. I mean, it's like, okay, I'm saved. I know I have eternal life. But now I get to walk with the Lord and I get to be a light and he gets to conform me. I'm going to be conformed in Christ's image. What? Like, right. I don't know. Who else is that going to benefit in your life? Exactly. Like we're so selfish that we want to live in this world and not have other people see us Christ, almost Christ-like. Yeah. And the the amazing thing is um, we search for, we search for 
fulfillment in so many things and we have all these activities and everything when when you're truly walking with God and you truly have your salvation there's nothing more fulfilling there's nothing more freeing than it's that peaceful oh absolutely it yeah I mean and, we struggle with ourselves but there's right. peace yeah. in God well like Shanda said we get in our own ways I mean not Shanda I'm sorry Melissa yeah. said uh, we, we get in our own ways Man, we're, no our own stumbling blocks Mm-hmm. You said when we, well, I mean, as soon as you get up in the morning, that's how I feel. I'm like, rise yeah. and shine. Here we go. <laughs> well, in the beginning of my conversion, it was like, you know, I, I, for years, I saw myself as a scribe. Like, okay, I have knowledge. And my husband would say, don't just talk about it, be about it. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. but, you know, um, right. And it's true. Like, you can have knowledge, but, Truly, and and I would see women like that I would admire, like godly women, like, oh, they're so gentle and loving with their words. And like, I could see God's spirit and like, I could literally, you know, it makes me think of like when I used to live in Massachusetts after winter would come spring and you're so excited for spring, except it still feels like winter. So it's actually horrible. It's freezing. Um, yeah. But <laughs> I'd be outside in the spring and it would be like dark cloud, you know, it would be hazy or whatever. And then suddenly the sun would appear like through the clouds and it would touch your skin and it would feel so, Oh, it's like incredible. Like, Oh, that feels so good. (laughs) And that's what, that's the feeling of the light of the Lord that I have seen in certain women that have been mentors to me in my life. And it's like, I want that. I want what they have. And it's Jesus. It's Jesus living within them. Yeah. It's them submitting to God over their own fleshly needs, wants, and desires. And and that's when, you know, and 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 so like I said, that's the best that's the best part of it for me. Like I want to be changed. I don't want to be the person I used to be. I'm a new creation in Christ. I want to live in this creation and you know, it's like this new position that you have. I mean, maybe this is a bad example, but like I'm no longer the receptionist. You know, now I'm the manager, so I'm going to reap the benefits of a manager. Like, I'm not who I once was. I'm a new creation in Christ. And it comes with so much benefit if you're willing to, you know, abide in Christ and allow him to live through you. Absolutely. That's a great analogy. Well, I think a lot of times we can get carried away, even as Christians, even as believers, we... We have to, we have to humble ourselves all the time, right? Like we can, yeah. we can get so carried away with our growth and our relationship and it, you know, and, and that's where that holier than thou, uh, term or saying comes, uh, comes from is because we start to think that we're better than other people, uh, right. that our walk is better than somebody else's when that's not what we're called to do. We're called to mm-hmm. help other people in their walk with Christ and to help people mm-hmm. that don't have one. Uh, the lost souls. Um, when you said earlier, you, <clears throat> you said, uh, you know, we, we're, we're living now, uh, truly living cause we're part of the kingdom of God. And, and I know that's not exactly how you said it, but uh, mm-hmm. we can, we should find joy in that, you know, and, and to me, uh, I find great joy in my salvation to me, I have this, I have this overwhelming desire to share that so that people 
it's not a, Hey, check this out. This is this, you know, it's not standing at the front of the church and doing an altar call for salvation. Uh, not trying to convince somebody, but letting them see Christ working in you is the biggest conviction somebody can have because right. that's your, that's your life change. Like people, I know people know me from before. I don't talk to any of them, but I know people know me from before and what I'm doing now. And I'm sure they're scratching their head still, but eventually right. it will make contact with them that that's not of my doing. Yeah. None of this is, I don't take credit for any of this. Uh, <laughs> right. I sit down and, and because I've had 49 years of experience, I can write somewhat well, but I like, I'll sit down. Those are things that God tried me with, you know, through the fire. That's all the mm-hmm. stuff that I got to this point for a reason. Uh, and I'm going to use it for his benefit because if I was still living in my world, uh, there'd be no benefit. None. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, I don't, I hate to say, listen, there's people, we've talked to people, they, they started their walk at, you know, uh, 15 years old and they continued that walk and they're having a great walk with God and everything's going great. I'm not saying you have to have a horrible life and you have to come from a life of, you know, stuff happening in your life. You don't have to. You have to yeah. just live a life for God. Well, a lot of us are just more hard-headed and it takes more to get our yeah. attention. Yeah, that's, that's, that's me and you. Yeah, exactly. That's when God has to use but not it, But not now. But not now. No, not now. No. I live comfortably in my faith with God. Yeah. I do. I don't live comfortably in many other ways that you're familiar with, Alan, but but right? Like, I live comfortably in, in knowing how much I have a relationship with him versus what I had five years ago. Definitely. And Melissa, you know, 15 years ago. Yeah. You know, for her, I'm sure she's like, I'm not going back there. No, you couldn't convince me to give up my Christianity right now. It's kind of like she was saying about being the secretary and now you're the manager. Right. You wouldn't want to go back to that position. So, yeah. And the coolest and the coolest thing is like once you actually experience the work of the Holy Spirit in your life, it's like it's valid. It's like it's almost tangible, you know, like like, no, I, I can't go back to where I've been, like come from, because I have something new and it's, it's tangible. Like, exactly. and, and that's, what's so cool. There's no, deni- once you experience it, there's no denying its power. Absolutely. And it's like, what else are you capable of? I mean, certainly, you know, we're not going to be without blemish until we're in his presence, you know, after this, you know, earthly life. Exactly. Um, but there's still plenty of work to be done. And, and that's, it's exciting for me. It's exciting for me because I see many areas that I still need to. Absolutely. Um, So I have a question for you and my questions are kind of in different parts. Sit down and buckle up. (laughs) Anyway, I was, I was reading about these, um, about preachers that no longer believe in God, which you can tell they've, if they're at that point, they've never had a true walk with God. Um, what do you think the disconnect is? Um, what makes people not get to the point of having that experience, even though they've been going to church for 10 years? Um, what do you think that disconnect is? Which one do you want her to answer first? All of them. Okay. No, what, I'm just kidding. what's the disconnect do you believe between people, you know, going to church for 10 years, but they never really have that experience um, of letting the spirit guide them and, and be a part of the life. Jeez, bro. 
<laughs> I mean, my sort of opinion on that would be that people are comfortable in their sin. Yeah. Because think about it. Like, you know, whether you hate sinful life or not, it's comfortable. It's what you know. Like for so many years, Amen. I was comfortable in my anxiety. That's why it was so hard to let it go because I still had this false sense of control. Right. And like, it's all, it's these feelings that I've known since I was two years old. So like it was comfortable, even though it was horrible. So I think people are comfortable. They're comfortable in their sin and they don't want to do the work to change. I can relate it to this. I think that most marriages can succeed if you don't give up, right? It's easier. It's easier to give up and walk away because it's harder to do the work and face the problems. And like, you know, it's harder. Well, that's I know why because I, I did it. That's why so much advice is, well, you should leave them or you should leave right. her. You know, yeah, a, because that's the easy thing up. to do. Yeah. Exactly. Well, well you, you say that's the easy thing to do, but in reality, when you look at it, you, you're just going through the whole process again. Right. You right. know, right. so oh, I got to go find somebody in else. In reality, yeah, it's a lot worse it's because. Not, yeah, you, it's true. You may get something worse than you had, you know. Yeah. So anyway. No, well, and then I think, in, you know, in most people in hindsight, they might be like, yeah, I probably should have worked through that. You know? <laughs> right. I will. Uh, I mean, I will say one thing because I, I, I'm a big I think about this a lot. If you're not equally yoked, if you if you turn to Christ and you're and somebody, the other person in your marriage, right, whether the husband or the wife and they don't or they refuse, that is much more difficult to get through. Oh, yeah. Uh, that That's is much true. more difficult. Now, if both uh, people in the marriage turn to Christ and they really put their, it may take, it could be 30 years in their growth and their walk to really get somewhere, but at least they're working together towards God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I really, I oh. truly believe that people can't be unequally yoked, uh, whether in business oh, relationships or marriages. Uh, I 100% agree. And, you know, I guess the second part of it, my answer would be for me personally, what it took for me was to be immersed in the word, immersed in learning the word, but also being surrounded by like-minded people. So I had, I needed accountability. I needed to be involved in women's Bible studies. Um, And because now, like you said, I iron sharpens iron, but if I received the Lord you know, I receive salvation. I go to church intermittently and I'm still hanging out with the same people, smoking pot, drinking, doing all this stuff. Like you're not, where, 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 how are you going to grow? Yeah. If you're out there in the world, you know, like for me, it was literally, I have to turn my back. I have to get immersed. And, and even after my conversion, it took me years to really grasp that concept. Yeah. But I, I think that's what it is. I think that's why people don't. They, they're comfortable in their sin. They don't want to do the work, if you will, to change. But that's the interesting thing, too, is that I always felt like I needed to do the changing. But what I've realized right. is, no, it's the Holy Spirit that does the changing. Yeah, right. Yeah, but I, if, I'm not, yeah. if I'm not in tune with the Holy Spirit, how is he going to change me? If I don't know what his word says, how am I going to receive that from the Holy Spirit? Like. Absolutely. Um, yeah. If nothing changes, nothing changes. 
It's, it's, it's that simple. And I had the same problem as you, Melissa. I felt like I had to line up. I had to change all this stuff. And then once I made myself available and I actually started listening to the Holy Spirit instead of ignoring him or just still doing my own thing, um, well, it, life it, got so much more simple. It goes back to religion and relationship. Yeah. Religion mm-hmm. is doing all those things. It's reading your Bible. It's praying. Mm-hmm. And I'm and I and I'm not dismissing any of that. Everything in religion, if it's of God, is important. Everything right. going to church and and being in the right church with the right uh, mind of worship, uh, that's important. Being around the right. Uh, like-minded Christians. That's important. All of that is religion and it builds your relationship with God. You can't, mm-hmm. you can't whittle away and say, well, I'm not going to go to church and I'm not going to hang out with like-minded Christians uh, or I'll just pray during the day. I, I, I'm, I'm a strong prayer uh, and I'm not going to go to church. You, you right. can't just pick apart some of them. It's not a buffet. Like you have right. to, you have to have a strong uh, religion to have a very strong relationship. Mm-hmm. Otherwise it's just religion. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, tell us about your, uh, tell us about your website. So, so that's, that's an interesting thing. Um, <laughs> back years ago, back when, um, prior to Christ, I, uh, prior to my conversion, I should say, I, um, I always wanted, like, this is in the beginning where blogs, like, sort of first started. I was like, I would always have thoughts in my head of things to write about. And I'm not the type, like, I don't have, I'm a note taker, but I don't journal. Like, I don't like to physically write unless I'm taking notes, you know. Um, so it's not like I have journals of writing through the years or anything like that. Um, but I had this desire in my heart. Well, nothing ever came from it. I didn't pursue it. Um, so we were living up in Maine and I was pregnant with my second child and clear as day, the Holy spirit put it on my heart to start the blog down to the name. And I was like, okay. And I was like, wow, how cool is it that the Lord, he does, he loves us so much. He wants to give us our heart's desire, you know, and he did it all these years later, but in a way that would glorify him. And I just think that's so cool. But um, the, the funny thing is I let fear hold me back. I mean, from the time that I was pregnant and the Lord told me this, it took me probably two years to actually do it. And that's been a big part of my journey is actually getting outside of the safe zone, you know, stepping outside of my area of com- comfort, comfortability yeah. and walking in faith. Like, um, and, and it happened and I finally did it. I said, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to step out in faith. It's not by my power, but by yours. And, um, and there I started my hills and valleys, which, you know, life is very much hills and valleys. Right. And I sort of just, I just want to encourage others with what I've learned. And it really always sort of leads to living a life by the Holy Spirit, because that. You know, God is going to, I mean, my favorite verse is, um, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding and all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Like that's the promise that I hold on to. Like if I abide in him, if I live by his spirit, he's going to direct me according to his will. So 
I just want to encourage others to to live a life by the Holy Spirit and that God can work things out. He can turn bad into good. You know, he and 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 that's where that's kind of where it started. I mean, it's only a couple years old, not even two, I don't think. Um, and then more recently, I ventured into the social media uh, environment to sort of promote the blog. Yeah, oh, I like yeah. It. you. You talk a lot. <clears throat> there's a there's a lot on there, but it's all Christ centered, right? Like it's mm-hmm. not I, some. And listen, this isn't a bash. I know you're laughing over there. Dude. You're like, here he goes. <laughs> He's getting on his soapbox. <laughs> you know, a lot of people have a platform, man. They have a, a an audience, right? They have, you know, 50, 60, 70, 100,000 followers. And they mm-hmm. they have this tremendous platform and they're professing Christians. You know, they, they but they only... They only dabble in Christianity once in a while. They only really put something out there once in a while about their Christian faith. And everything else is, uh, and talks about whatever else is in their life, whatever they're famous for, whatever they're, whatever they have in their life that is more important, apparently, appearingly, than their relationship with God. All right. So aside from that, what I like, mm-hmm. and this is what I like, this is, this is what I told Alan a while ago. I really gravitate towards people that everything they have is for the kingdom of God. Everything. It's not, it's not partial. It's not, you know, well, I do a couple of things here and I do a couple of things there. Your whole website is, is Christ centered. Like it's, you have stuff on there about faith, family, uh, your travels. There's nothing. It doesn't distract, right? It's not a distraction away from God. It points to God. And that's so important. That is so important for believers that they, their life, my wife was like a long time ago and I'll take a breath. (laughs) She said, she said, well, I don't feel like I can, like I have a ministry at school. She's a teacher uh, in public school. And I said, no, you don't, you don't have to have a ministry there. People just need to see you behave like a Christian, right? Mm -hmm. That's that sometimes is what people will get interested in is because of your faith, how you handle things, how you, how you address things. And they, you know, and somebody may ask, you know, why are you so respectful? Uh, because I have a great respect for the Lord. Like that's where my respect comes from. It's not me, my doing, like it has nothing right. to do with me, but people, people that are believers should realize that, that they have the ability, they have the ability to share their faith all the time. It's not part-time. They could do it all the time. Anyways, that's my soapbox, but I love your website. I love, uh, I love the articles that you write. It is so focused around your faith. I mean, it's completely focused around your faith. It's not, it's not embedded with other things. Like there's, I mean, you talk about other stuff. Don't get me wrong. Uh, Mm -hmm. I don't look at it and feel churchy. Like you expose yourself under the about me. You talk about your, testimony. Uh, and mm-hmm. I encourage people that are listening to this. If you haven't gone to Melissa's website to, to go to it and read what she, when we expose ourselves to people, we're vulnerable, right? Mm-hmm. We show what God started with, right? And people have to realize that because we do that, our story relates back to God because mm-hmm. that's what he's done for us. He's brought us from there. And, and we're able to share that. Most people, if you lived a life of center, you're going to write that in your webpage. 
Like, really, are you going to write, hey, listen, I'm a sinner. I do drugs, alcohol. I've done all this stuff and I'm still doing it. Oh, there are some blogs that do. <laughs> yeah, sure. some people, I mean, some people do, but right, what's yeah. the testimony? Yeah. There isn't one. Right. Uh, anyways. Yeah. Yeah. I, yep. I mean, I can say that anybody that's actually emailed me has been a result of reading my testimony. Yeah. So yeah. it's just confirmation that, you know, it needs to be heard. Um, it's a part of who and, we are. And a you know, a big part of, of, of even doing this and, and ministry for me is stepping outside of my comfort zone. I mean, even doing a podcast, like it's intimidating, like, oh my gosh, I'm going to do a podcast, but look, I'm not here to perform. I'm just here to have a conversation for the, yeah. you know, for the Lord. Like if three so people like, can spend an hour talking about God, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. There's right. nothing wrong with it. And that's, right. I mean, we, I mean, we've talked about other personal stuff, but we didn't get on here and talk about football and deer hunting. We, and you made, <laughs> you made such a great point, but even before we started recording, you know, um, we will, oh man, I just lost that thought. <laughs> <laughs> welcome welcome to the 50s. No, about, I'm sorry, about being relatable. You know, it's so important for everyone to, um, connect with someone and, and help them grow. Because like you said, you know, before we started recording, there are going to be people that relate to you and there's going to be people that relate to you that won't relate to us and there's and yeah. vice versa. Yeah. So that's why right. it's so important for everyone to be involved in, and stuff because everyone is unique. Yeah. Everyone has a story. Everyone can connect with someone that's going through the same thing. But if you're on your pedestal and you're, and you're just, uh, looking down on everyone and you don't want to get your hands dirty. Well, nobody's going to grow from that. No. And I, I don't, I don't want people to think that because I banter about social media, uh, I do find, I find some gruffness with it. I mean, I look at it and I'm like, geez, you have a perfect way to present the kingdom of God to right. thousands of people. I don't, what they choose to do with their walk, uh, if they profess to be a Christian, I'm not going to judge that. God will. I mean, yeah. God will, God will determine that. It's not for me. I don't put myself in the position of being God. Well, it's, it's kind of like other things, you know, we talked about this before. If you're promoting, if you have a platform and you're promoting that you're a Christian, but you're, you're promoting this boat more than Christ. Right. Well, yeah. there's going to be somebody out there to be like, wow, if I have that boat, you know, maybe I'll be right with God and I'll go to heaven. You right. know what I'm saying? I mean, right. that's kind of a shallow or, way to or, look at it. Or, you know, well, no, I see what you're saying. Or some people say, you know, well, you know, it's checking uh, you box. should feel bad for owning a boat. You can glorify, you You can have Christ-centered conversations on your boat while you're fishing. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. But if you go right. out fishing and you're drinking and well, you're trying to pick up women and you're doing all, then you're not glorifying, glorifying God. Well, there's, there's, there are um, places that they... They are Christ-centered, but they do it around fishing. There's places sure. that do hunting. Right. Um, but that was my point. It's Christ-centered. So there right. are organizations like right. that. They don't bring the glory to what they're doing. They bring right. glory to God. Right. So. That was my point. All right. So okay. thanks for clearing. Yeah. yeah, I just want to clear that for you. Uh, <laughs> geez, sorry, Melissa. That We sometimes, if you were here with us personally, you'd have to slap us. Melissa, I'm telling you, you, you said so many things. It's just... Uh, I won't get stirred. him to stop talking today. Uh, oh yeah, he'll be like, "Oh my gosh, he was." Oh my gosh. Oh my. Yeah, yeah, you're you're on point on so many things. I did have one more question. Oh, okay. <laughs> this is simple. So, what branch of military is your husband in? Uh, he's in the Marine Corps. 
Hoorah. Absolutely. You know, well, we're, we're, you scared me, Alan. We're I'm chasing sorry. retirement. So. Good deal. Yeah, my dad was yeah. a former Marine, and uh, man, he was hardcore. He was a Marine till the day he died. He wasn't in the mil- military till the day he died, but he was a Marine at heart. Oh, my oh, goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Well, tell him. Different uh, breed. Thank you very much for his service, uh, especially in today's day. Uh, everything's yeah, we'll just do. Everything's just a joke. Yeah. Uh, except for his service. I didn't mean that. I mean, our, uh, I know. Uh, Trust me, your, I know. Your website, myhillsandvalleys.com. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll put it in the episode description so people have it. Uh, I'll, and if you're okay with it, I'll put your Instagram uh, ID in there as well. Okay, great. Uh, and whatever whatever other information you want me to put. I want people to be able to find you. I know they're finding you, but uh, I don't know what our audience really is for this podcast. I mean, I know usually, uh, usually I say usually Christians listen to this podcast, but I don't, who, who knows yeah. who else listens. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, and that's, here's the cool thing. And this is a perspective I'm trying to have is the story, the parable of the sheep. It yeah. was, it was that one lost sheep, right? Yeah. Because in the world of, you know, the world we live in right now, you know, with social media and podcasts, like it's so easy to look at numbers, but it's like, I, Melissa, remember the parable of the sheep. If you are just touching the heart of one, one person. So like, I just try to have that perspective in, in ministry. Like it's, yeah, it's we about too. the one, Absolutely. you know, so yeah. We, when we so started do. doing this, we didn't, and I know you, I'm sure you feel the same way you mentioned it. We didn't, who cares? Like who, I mean, we care, but I don't mean like the, the likes and the listens aren't, aren't important. If one person were to, to hear it and be like, wow, I wonder what that relationship with God is like. Exactly. Uh, and we don't yeah. know. And you're doing what, and, yeah. And you're spending your time glorifying the Lord. It's like, Man. it's sort of a win-win. I cannot after what I've been through, like, and I'm not making what I've been through any worse than anybody else's. I cannot. And, and here's why I don't point to the problem. I, I point to the salvation because, right. because I was saved, I cannot not bring him glory. Like I can't, right. like, I can't, I don't feel like, you know, if somebody will walk up to me and like, Oh man, I'm so sorry to hear about what you're going through. What are you talking about? My relationship with God. That's going great. Right. Like that's right. what we bring. That's what we point to. We don't point to what are problems and tribulations and issues. And we can't point to that stuff. Right. And that's why I like your website. I like what you, what you're doing. Um, I would love to get you to come back on here and we pick another topic and just really. Uh, yeah, I would love to. Is this your first I'm, podcast? It's my second. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. did well. Did really good. Yeah. I really Thank enjoyed you. it. Yeah, well, I enjoyed Alan's it over, too. Alan's over there, like, and maybe I don't know. Uh, talk to your husband, see if he'd be interested in coming on. Yeah. So okay, actually, cool. I have another another question. Oh my god, this is going to be a one part. She's question. got to she's got to go to bed soon. <laughs> oh, does she? Home no, it's like nine p.m. <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, the Marines, um, simplify, always faithful. Have you found that to be? It's it's kind of like my dad when he. Um, really started walking with the Lord and he was so faithful. He was just so on, on target. Do you find that with your husband? Do you think that the, that mentality plays into his um, Christian walk? Did you hang up on us? Uh, 
No, I'm just <laughs> trying like, to. What'd you do, Alan? <laughs> no, it's just, it's, you know, I mean, I've been with my, he's my high school sweetheart. So I was there before boot camp. Like I have been there through the thick of it in right. his career. Yeah. And um, it's interesting. I would almost reverse it to say that, you know, God is his moral compass and he's almost brought in his Christianity, his faith into his workplace, if that makes sense. Okay, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah, and my dad was very Christ-centered, but he there were so many things. And even growing up, like I said before, um, I'm not giving the Marines a plug, but he it's just a different mentality. Marines are just different, a different breed yeah, of, um, they are. of military. And, um, he was just so faithful and he was just so, there were so many aspects of his life that, um, warranted his faithfulness and his determination that I believe a lot of that came from the Marines in addition to his walk with God. Yeah, I could agree with that. Okay. I can absolutely attest to that. Um, I think, you know, and, and um, this isn't in a negative, um, I don't say this negatively, but I think the Marine Corps has probably changed a lot yes. since your dad was in it. And um, I appreciate that my husband is a Marine, but that's not his identity. There you go. Right. Yep. Because he's yep. also a husband and a father first. Right. He's, you know, he's a man of God first, a husband, a father. Yeah. yeah. And a Marine. So like, yep. I appreciate that because I do still see yeah. people who like, that's it. Like I'm a Marine. Yeah. I'm a Marine to my wife. I'm a Marine to my right. Right. <laughs> right. In the grocery yeah. store. Actually, my dad, yeah. <clears throat> my dad was in the era of uh, Vietnam. So, you know, he saw a lot of things that he didn't really want to talk about, but out even Outside of that, he never, he never talked about being a Marine. He never said, well, I used to be a Marine. It was just his mentality and his determination and, um, his drive, you know, yeah. that, that was it definitely, really it definitely shapes you as a, as a person. And it yeah. does have a lot to do with shaping your character because I mean, we'll go places and people can identify my husband being in the military without any inclination. Like he's not wearing a shirt or a hat or, you know, they just know because of how he carries himself. Right. Yeah. Well, actually, definitely. I personally, I tell, I jokingly tell people I was in the Marines for the first 17 years of my life. My pops (laughs) was hardcore. So actually I get that all the time because he just drove that into me and people are like, are you in the military? Are you a cop? Or you know, <laughs> right. all the time, right? Because I have that mentality as well. So anyway, yeah, I can see that. I I'm sorry that. that I hijacked our conversation nah. and made it other than Christ, but there, I just found that very interesting. Um, yeah. yeah, the Marines and yeah, and that walk. So anyway, Melissa, yeah, it was great, cool. man. I enjoyed it so much. You hit so many points um, that just got me stirred. So um, you have a great day. Yeah, I think that was an Thanks, awesome guys. conversation. Yeah. And uh text me or reach out and email. I'll I'll email you some stuff when we're done, uh just to uh keep up with you and, and make sure that we can maybe do this again or something. Yeah, else. I'd love to. Okay. And I'll I'll talk to the hubby and see what he has to say. Yeah, yeah we'd love to talk <laughs> to him. <laughs> you have a great day. She said this. Uh all, all right, right guys, you have a good one. Okay, thanks. Take Bye. care. Bye bye. 
So that's it for this episode. We're glad you listened and hope you'll come back. Visit www.graceworkswithanx.net to listen to past episodes, read our daily devotions, or provide feedback. If you'd like to be a guest on our show, send us a message through Instagram, Facebook, or our website. And if these episodes have been an encouragement to you in any way, please share them. Have a blessed day.